Welcome to the Ice Bath Baby Podcast, the show that is the coldest above all others. I'm Doc Martinez, and today is November 15th. This week, I will be talking with Billy Newsom about the medical timeout and its place in sports. As you recall from a previous episode, Billy's my high school athletic trainer back when I was at Carroll High School in Corpus Christi. So stay with us. Uh, well, actually, no, first, yeah, you're still with us, but say hello to everyone, Billy. Hello. How's everybody doing today? All right. Good deal. So Billy's coming to us from Bridgeport, Texas today. Uh, on a phone call so thanks for being flexible and uh, being able to come on the show this week i know we had some scheduling issues last week but um you know appreciate you uh, being able to take time out and come um, of course my pleasure thank you for working with me too yeah we just had to kind of coordinate a little bit that's okay oh yeah yeah no big deal all right so after the break uh i will recap last week's event and as i mentioned we're going to talk about that medical timeout so stay with us as we get to these stories and more on Ice Bath Baby. Hey Bulldog fans, this is Eli. We are in the middle of the fall sports season and we want you. Football season is winding down and playoffs are right around the corner and basketball season is cranking up for an exciting season. Come out and support the Bulldogs on the field and on the court. Go to the Bandera Athletics website for schedules, tickets, and more information, and find an event to come out and cheer. Let's make it a great sports year for the blue and white. Let's go Bulldogs. All right, so welcome back again from that short little break. So let's talk sports now, uh, starting with football. Uh, so the first round of the Texas high school state playoffs began last week, and the uh, Bulldogs faced Gerald. Um, Gerald is a little small town just north of Austin, between Austin and Georgetown. And uh, they were the fourth place team in their district. And uh, so we pl uh, played them Friday at Rattler Stadium in San Marcos. Uh, and hey, this was a really nice field. And it's the first time I had ever been there. Uh, Billy, you ever been to Rattler Stadium? I have not. Uh when I was in college, I've been to San Marcos numerous times because we used to play back then. It was called Southwest Texas. Uh, they changed the name of the school. It's Texas State. Yeah. So I've been to San Marcos a bunch of times. And I actually know a coach that coached at San Marcos after he left the Corpus area. And I think you'll remember this. Do you remember a district track meet when we were really, really good? We had disqualification and they had a big long meeting. It's a relay disqualification. Taunting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the twins. I remember that. <laughs> and do you remember the coach from Alice running up and throwing a shit and wanting to tear the press box down? Mm, no, I don't. He used to coach at Alice. Okay. When he left Alice, he went to San Marcos High School. And I saw him, uh, you know, later at a coaching thing. Yeah. He, he was retiring down in that area. Yeah. It wasn't a guy named Van, was it? No. Okay. I'm thinking different. No, I, I, I know him, but it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right. Well, San Marcos, this stadium uh, is fairly new, I believe. Um, uh, they have they're sponsored by Toyota because it says Toyota, uh, you know, Rattler Stadium. So it's kind of cool. Really nice place. So, but anyway, so uh, Friday night that night was cold. Uh, it was a little misty uh, to start off, and um, it was just kind of off and on mist. Uh, but that didn't stop the Bulldogs and Jesse Cardenas. Uh, the Bulldogs came out on top with a 32-27 to win and became the bi-district champions. So that was really exciting, really fun. Uh, that was the first playoff win for Bandera since 2007, so long overdue. Uh, we made the playoffs before since then, but uh, never got past the first round. And uh, so this was the uh, first time since 2007, so it was really exciting for everybody. Um, and I think what made it a little bit more special is my first year here was in 2018 and all these seniors that are on the team right now were just in the seventh grade, starting seventh grade. So kind of seeing them just kind of go through from seventh grade all the way through, uh, you know, their senior year is just really cool and it's, it's exciting for him. Uh, and I'm happy for him. So as I said, uh, Jesse Cardenas, uh, he's our senior quarterback. He accounted for 
all five touchdowns that we had. Uh, he had four rushing touchdowns uh, and one punt return for a touchdown. Plus, he added a key interception deep in our own territory to stop Gerald's scoring threat, which was really good because th- they were threatening. But he, he had a, a really good uh, INT that was uh, one of those dramatic ones, jumped up, grabbed the ball out of the guy's hand in the air, fell down on his back, and came up with the ball. So it was really good. Uh, he finished the game with 26 passing yards uh, and 219 yards of rushing. Um, and he also had 16 receiving yards. We did a little trick trickery, tomfoolery out there. Uh, I mean, this dude did it all Friday night. And so uh, because of his performance over the year, he's actually up for the People's Choice vote-in for the San Antonio Sports All-Star Game. So that link is going to be posted in the show notes. So go vote. Voting will close December 8th. You can vote once per day per email address. So if you got multiple email addresses, go vote. Um, we really hope that he gets in there because it's well-deserved. Uh, accolade that he did uh, you know hopefully he'll be awarded next up Bulldogs gonna move to the area around and face Ingleside at Pleasanton High School on Friday November 17th at 7 p.m. you gonna be able to make that game Billy I am not but if you <laughs> happen to see George Strait yeah tell him said hello he actually is from Pleasanton that's where he kind of grew up in that area all right good Pleasanton, deal and yeah South Texas Cowboy. He's done some roping down there. Oh, yeah. So I have to run into him and I'll give him my best. Yeah, I sure will. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that'd be a little bit of haul coming from Bridgeport to come down to Pleasanton. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So let's move on to girls basketball. Uh, girls basketball had two games last week against Floresville and IDEA. Uh, that's capital I, capital D, capital E, capital A. And uh, that stands for Individuals Dedicated to Excellence and Achievement. They're a charter school. Uh, here in San Antonio. Um, I do have to make a correction real quick, though, because last week I said that the girls had won their opening game for the first time in several years um, when they played Gonzalez. But in fact, they've won their opening game the last four years in a row. So I was really off on that one. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking that, and I didn't do my research. And then I went to go research, and I was like, oops, got to correct that. So I apologize for that mistake, girls, and congrats on that win. So on Tuesday, like I said, the girls traveled to Floresville um, to play their second game and unfortunately came out on losing in on that one, lost 53-28. to uh, The top scorers were Brooklyn Grabs and Courtney Frerich, each with eight points, and Kenley Lawless added in another six. So the next game was supposed to be on Friday against IDEA, but we moved it to Saturday because of the football playoff game. So Saturday morning, after I got done with my Saturday morning treatments, uh, we went over, walked over to the gym, and uh, watched that game. Uh, and girls who were hitting on all cylinders and won big, 73-17. to 17. Uh, So top scorers for that game were Gabby Barrera with 25, Kenley Lawless with 11, and Carly Serene put in 8. So with those two games, the girls improved their record to 2-1 and one on the year. And uh, next up, this is cool, um, they play San Antonio Fox Tech. Uh, actually, they played last night. Uh, and they won, um, gosh, what was the score? I can't even remember the score, and I should have had it written in my notes. But they did win uh, last night. Uh, but here's the cool part. So this coming Saturday, uh, the girls are going to be playing Throckmorton at the Frost Bank Center, home of the San Antonio Spurs, at 1.15 p.m. So come on out. Your ticket to that game will get you into the Spurs game later that night so that's really cool looking forward to that um i'm excited about it i've never been on the court of um the the you know the where the spurs play at the at it was the at&t center but now it's the frost bank center so that's going to be definitely one of the highlights of the year to get to play at a venue like that and uh like i said everybody's looking forward to that billy what's what's the biggest venue that you've played at in your career uh in football, my favorite big venue, uh, when I was at Richardson Berkner, we won a game at the Cotton Bowl. Cool. Just from the history of it. High school football with high school teams. Uh, here at Bridgeport, we played a lot of times in a stadium in Sweetwater called the Mustang Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that's special to me because uh, an athlete named Sammy Baugh 
used to play there. He's an NFL Hall of Famer and an old rancher. Yeah. Uh, retired out in town called Rotan, and I actually got to meet him. Yeah. Before he passed away. Very cool. Wasn't he uh, a Sam guy? No, he's TCU. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. TCU guy, but uh, they won the national championship in 1935 or something. He was yeah. in the zone 38. He was, he was a big deal. He still holds some punting records, actually. Yeah. Because back they played both ways. <laughs> but we won, we won state in basketball, and we got to have a uh, pretty big game, uh, you know, state tournament in San Antonio. Yeah. Where'd y'all so, play that at? Was it Alamodome? Yeah. Alamodome. Yeah. And it was a different venue for basketball, but yeah. you know it was fun. That uh, that state championship was pretty special. Yeah, that's cool. That's so we cool. practiced at Baylor on the way down. Oh wow, that's so, fun. And that was really nice. That was that was uh, definitely probably the nicest basketball venue I've been in. Yeah, that's so really it was cool. Really fun. That's really cool. Did you ever get to play uh, AT and T Stadium where the Cowboys are at, or NRG, or anything? Uh, not the new one. We, uh, I have had a couple of games at the old Texas stadium mm-hmm. and I've been beating, beaten real bad there and actually won a game there. Yeah. Same. One and one at, uh, at the old Texas stadium. Yeah. So, so yeah. we did have basketball at the American airlines center, like playing, uh, the Spurs place. We played Mavericks place. Oh, that's cool. And that was fun. It's, uh, it took the players a little while to adjust to the shooting. Yeah. Because they're not in a little gym. Yeah. But. A fun experience to get yeah. to play where the Mavericks play. Like y'all are going to get to play where the Spurs play. It's it's pretty special. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, um, it, it'll it's be fun. Great, it's a great deal. Yeah, for sure. I know that uh, I was blessed at at my other school and played at AT and T Stadium lots of times, uh, yes, just you were. in regular playoff games. And uh, then we got to play that state championship game at NRG. That was fun. Um, yes. But yeah, it's it, I'm looking forward to this one. So it'll be good. Yeah, All right, fun. so moving on to boys' basketball. Uh, boys' basketball had their second scrimmage on Wednesday uh, against Lano. Uh, you know, some good play on both sides of the court. It was kind of back and forth, um, and, uh, you know, some valuable experience was gained on both ends. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it was just a scrimmage, but, you know, they, they came out on top, not us. But, but uh, Eli Salas and Lane Bourgeois were the top two performers of that scrimmage. And so next up, uh, the boys had their opening regular season game last night in Floresville. Um, and uh, I'll have those scores for you next week. Um, I mean, I know them, but I'm not going to give them away my stuff uh, for next week. So anyway, um, they will return to action on Saturday morning after the football game. That was another game that was moved. It was originally scheduled for Friday. But since we made it to the area round, they're moving that game to Saturday. That's going to be against Fox Tech. But that game is going to be played at Edison High School. Um, And then the boys will have a game also at the Frost Bank Center on Monday, the 20th. Uh, So they're going to be playing, I believe, San Antonio Kennedy. So I'll talk more about that next week. So twice in, what, three days I get to go uh, to some games there at the AT&T Center. And again, go buy those tickets. That will also get you into the Spurs game later that night. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, I have Billy Newsom here with me. You've heard from him. Uh, he's my special guest, and we are going to talk about the medical timeout here after this break. So stay with us, and we'll be right back. Hey, Bulldogs fans, this is Jocelyn. We are in the middle of the fall sports season, and we want you. Football is winding down, and playoffs are right around the corner, and basketball season is cranking up for an exciting season. Come out and support the Bulldogs on the field and on the court. Go to the Bandera Athletic website for schedules, tickets, and more information, and find an event to come out and cheer. Let's make it a great sports year for the blue and white. Let's go, Bulldogs. All right, so welcome back again. Um, and uh, Billy, all the way from Bridgeport, Texas, what's the weather like up there right now? It is nice. 71. 71. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we had a great day yesterday uh, for practice, and it was really good, too. And I know it's it's uh, same right now. I'm looking out the windows, and the sun's shining bright, not a cloud in the sky. So looking forward it's to going out there. A little cool in the mornings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was like not cold, not cold yet, but cool. Yeah, I got here this morning in in the hill country, and it was forty eight when I got in my car. Awesome. I was wearing shorts, but I was like, "That's okay." Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's about that here. And I wear shorts. They, they're all concerned for my safety because I walk out of rehab drenched in sweat, walking out in the cold, and it feels amazing. Yeah. And they all worry about me, and I go on about my business. So, oh, yeah. I hear good. I'm fine with just throwing on a jacket uh, yep. and, and my legs. I can be in shorts, but if I put on a jacket my upper body's warm, I'm good. Yeah. Keep the feet warm and dry, and you're good. Yep. All right, so let's talk about this medical timeout thing. Um, I think with recent events in the last couple of years, uh, especially involving Damar Hamlin, uh, when that all came um, into light, uh, I think this has probably come into the limelight now more than ever. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. That uh, that was probably a a very good wake up call for a lot of athletic trainers kind of do a little self-check and say does my facility you know are we prepared for an event like that because you never know yeah uh looking at some of the best athletes in the world highly conditioned and you know you know they pass physicals and you know i mean he's a he's an nfl athlete those guys are a very different breed very special at what they can do yeah and for a guy like that to have an event uh is a little bit more shocking i guess mm-hmm. and if it were you know an elderly person in the stands you know it, it's tragic it's it's bad but again you've got to be prepared to be able to handle that too for sure and yeah you don't expect medical timeout and the emergency action plans are so important oh yeah i mean because you don't and one you don't expect somebody that that type of caliber of an athlete to have a situation like that you know uh, i mean we're really with any injury it's always unexpected of course but uh, but for that specific type that he suffered, that was just kind of like, what, wait, what? <laughs> it was like, the, that's crazy. The um, age for the Komodo Cordis, mm-hmm. I did a little research after that happened because I got, you know, very, uh, very aware. And the typical age for that to happen is your very young athlete without a lot of muscle around their chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, usually hit with a thrown object, a baseball, softball. Or a hit object, baseball, softball is kind of the typical, yeah. although it's football or a soccer hit, you know, different things could cause it, but it has to hit the chest at just the right time, time yeah. to throw the electrical activity off. And basically the heart, you know, kind of, uh, kind of goes crazy. The electrical activity yeah. doesn't sustain a, a good heartbeat yeah. and you see that collapse and that collapse is similar to an athlete being knocked out but it's it's also different when you see it you know that it's a it's unlike anything else you'll see mm-hmm. uh, very surreal i remember watching that you know i have a dvr and we watched it over and over and over and it was a very surreal feeling oh yeah uh, as he was going through that they did an amazing job yeah they did them again you know they uh, and you know from that event a lot more schools are getting AEDs. A lot of people are being CPR trained. So there's there's a lot, other than him surviving, that's the biggest positive. But there's a lot of other positives that came out of what could have been a, a very tragic situation. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the, the medical timeout um, has actually been around for a while in some form or fashion. Um, and I know that I've been doing kind of a, a makeshift kind of timeout pretty much my entire career what about you exactly we were in college we were taught that our college athletic trainer uh, billy wilson mm-hmm. uh made it a point for us to know who the other athletic trainers were yeah and to you know just familiarize them if we were the home team we were the host and we would even when we could send a uh, student trainer or two over to just check just to see if they needed anything yeah. Uh, show them where the you know locker rooms were. Show them where the restrooms were. Uh-huh. Tell them what's available, where the water fill-up is. Just you know anything you can do to help, and you hope that that's reciprocal. When you go back to their place the next year, they'll you know be a good host and take care of you too. For sure. But even when they don't, you still make the effort. Even as a visiting team, yeah, I go over and introduce myself. Let them know that I was there. If they did, if I couldn't find an athletic trainer, I tried to talk to a coach mm-hmm. or a school. Trying to talk to someone to let them know, hey, this is me. This is what I do. You know, if the worst happens, I will be right here. You know, you, yeah. Uh, 
you, you plan for it and then hope it never happens. Yeah, exactly. And I know that I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like everything that you've said I've done in my career, obviously, because you taught me that. <laughs> and and okay. so I've I've carried that over uh, into my my career. And, and I always do that, too. Um, I'm all, and I even tell my kids like you like you were saying, you tell your kids. I tell my kids when you get there, introduce yourself, find a trainer, find a coach, introduce yourself, let them know who you are ask questions. Where's this? Where's that? Uh, you know, cause you just never know. So I've taught my, uh, nearly 14 year old grandson or 14 year old grandson, uh, to look where he plays basketball and football. He plays everything, but I've taught him in basketball season to look and see where the AD is. Yeah. Just in case. Cause oh, yeah. I don't know if he's CPR trained yet. I suspect he probably is. Yeah. But I know that in an emergency, he would be able to keep his head and, know where to go get the AD and kind of get things rolling. Yeah. And we talk about things like that. He, you know, he's interested and he, you know, he's probably just listened to, I'm called pops. He's probably just enjoying listening to pop stories, Mm -hmm. but it's something that, you know, is on my mind when I walk into a gym, I'm looking. Yeah. Even though I'm retired now and going to watch, you know, I'm there as a spectator. I'm still very aware. Yeah. Because some games don't have an athletic trainer available, particularly in the smaller schools. And when you go out, different areas y'all probably have run into that before too i have and you know if you know tag you're it if somebody gets hurt i'm not going to just sit on the side yeah and 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 let it not go well i'm going to at least offer uh they don't always accept help yeah or a certain coach in portland that didn't like our help yeah (laughs) oh i i i I hear (laughs) you i've I've been there been there too so so on friday uh, at our game against Gerald uh, in Santa Marcos, knowing that I was actually going to be talking to you about this week, um, I, I, uh, I actually grabbed the Gerald ATs. They have two ATs over there. And uh, I went over there as soon as I saw the ambulance pull up. And I was, went over there and I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to go over there and introduce myself to the EMS. Do you all want to come with me? And they did. Um, and so we kind of did an abbreviated kind of timeout. We didn't go through the whole template that Corey Stringer Institute has you know they have this big huge template that's really detailed and really good but like I said my whole career I've just kind of been doing a makeshift one and um, I actually uh, you know I do these YouTube mic'd up sessions right and I'll, I'll put like a really short clip on TikTok or Instagram of uh, of my session and then I'll post the full video up on YouTube that they're usually 30 to 45 minutes long. And on the 45, on, on the YouTube version, you can actually see part of that interaction that we had with the EMS. Of course, I got their approval. I say, Hey, is it okay if I film this? And they're like, yeah, sure. And so got up there, introduced myself, Gerald ATs introduced themselves. And then I was like, all right, guys, I said, so, you know, what, what's the, what's the universal symbol that we're going to use, you know, if we need you guys. And we kind of talked about that. And then I was like, all right, and then it was just kind of like, all right, what, what are we doing? Is helmet on or helmet off in the case of a C-spine injury? We talked a little bit about that. Um, and so we were just, you know, going through that whole little small scenario, you know, just again, quick, impromptu, but at least they knew who we were, we knew who they were, and if we needed them, they knew how we were going to signal. So that was, that was kind of cool to do. Well, that sounds perfect. That's that's exactly, uh, and again, we have some you know uh, commonality there. But mm-hmm. that is exactly what I was thinking. What I was going to talk about next is during that medical timeout. Uh, let's say I'm the host athletic trainer. It's at my school. Uh, you know, home team, visiting team comes in. I meet their athletic trainer. One of the things that we're going to talk about is whether or not EMS is going to be on site or available you know we're in a small town and their response time is excellent so most of the time we're at home the response time was within three to five minutes mm-hmm. if they weren't there so i was very very lucky with that uh i also have taught because i've been here a while i've taught some of the people that work in that system and it's kind of fun when they're covering a game and you know we if we have to work together we've worked together before you know they were students of mine and you know, I remember when you know, I was teaching them as student trainers and they've since gone into healthcare, which is kind of fun. Yeah. But I always would talk about the signals and I, I had kind of the 
our universal signal uh, for the ambulance was crossed arms, you know, mm-hmm. hands on each shoulder, crossed arms, looking right at a student trainer. I had a student trainer designated to watch, you know, when we went out for an injury. Yeah. And their job was to walk down quickly to where the ambulance was and tell the guys. Mm-hmm. We also in Bridgeport had a system where if the ambulance wasn't there, they always had a police officer on duty and they told me, tell them because they get an open line to the dispatcher quicker and they can get the ambulance there for us faster Yeah, in the police channel. And so that was a very good ally. And so we just asked the policeman to kind of watch. And if we ever had a, an injury that we were down for a while, kind of look for a student trainer. We introduced, we were introduced the student trainers to the police officer on duty. That was part of the medical timeout too. Uh, know where your security is, know where your school administrators are, yeah. who's the keys to lock gates. Uh, all of those things need to be covered before you need them. Yes. Uh, it can go really, really smooth. Like in the Buffalo Bills example, that went as smooth as it could have gone. Yeah. And obviously it was a very positive outcome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but it could have, uh, let's say they weren't prepared it could have looked really, really bad too. Yeah, and like, had a much different outcome. Yeah, like chaos. Exactly. Uh, and I've been on that side um, just because um, where not really chaos, but it's just like, who has a key to this gate? Like how, how you know, and this was like, you know, just kind of, thankfully it wasn't like in a, uh, a situation where we were, you know, having an emergency situation, but it was at that point where it was like before a game, ambulance is trying to get in. Where's the ambulance going to park? How can they get it? Where, who's got the key to the gate? Where are they going to go? No, this is not a good place to park. And just kind of all that stuff. And that's, sure. you know, like you said, you're talking about, you know, stuff that needs to be rehearsed ahead of time, before the season, figure that stuff out and, and get those guidelines set. And one thing that the Corey Stringer template has, it does have some spots for that information, in other words, who's the contact for this? Who's the contact for that? Who's going to have the keys for this? Um, and so that's something good, like before this season. Um, yeah. I know another thing that happens here in town, in San Antonio, uh, every August, and unfortunately, I haven't been able to go to it the last two years because of some scheduling conflicts. But athletic trainers are encouraged to come with EMS personnel from their local area. Uh, and we kind of go over this kind of, you know, scenarios and, and we, you know, and they discuss, you know, like, you know, helmet on, helmet off, spine board technique, you know, what are we going to do? Who's calling? Who's in charge of this? Who's in charge of that? You know, who's going to take the head? Uh, and, and they do that every year. Plus they, it's a lot of information, other information that they give out. And like I said, I haven't been able to go to it the last couple of years of scheduling, but um, at least the San Antonio area I know is being proactive in that. And that's really good. That, that makes me so happy for the athletes down there. Yeah. You know, and, and the way I've always looked at it, every athlete deserves our best care. Yes. And the best care involves doing everything we can do to try to ensure their safety. You can't prevent every injury. You can't prevent, you know, as the DeMar Hamilton, that was probably a non-preventable injury. Mm-hmm. He didn't underlying cardiac issues. The hit just happened at the exact wrong time to cause that situation with his body. Uh, the amazing thing is you saw with their medical timeout how smooth it went. You know, and our athletes deserve that, okay? They're pro athletes. Mm-hmm. But every athlete that walks into your room, whether they're age six or age 60, they deserve the same kind of treatment. Yeah. Nothing less. And so that's why it's vital that we have those medical timeouts and the pre, you know, the re- the rehearsal before, call it a practice yeah. on your spine boarding, on your, you know, who's in charge of this and who's in charge of that. Mm-hmm. And, it looks better. Uh, my head coach that has retired, he actually called me. I was watching a middle school game or a high school game, but I was watching a game and he called me from a game in a different city and was very irritated at the way it went with an athletic trainer trying to get an ambulance there 
they had a fairly serious injury. Mm-hmm. He didn't like the way their athletic trainer handled it. Is it a different game? It wasn't where I was. And he was calling me complaining about what somebody else did. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, and I said, well, you know, that's why we have those meetings and we talk about it. And, you know, he said, well, you would have done this and this and this. I said, well, thank you for that. I would hope so. Yeah. And he goes, why aren't they? I said, well, I don't know. I don't know them. And he goes, somebody should talk with them. And he goes, I might talk with them. And I could hear his wife in the background saying, no, you won't. So <laughs> it had to be a little common down there. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we make light of it, but it was a, it, it was a good reminder to me that you do need to be prepared for anything that might happen. For sure. And unfortunately, when you're in healthcare and you're working with people, it's unpredictable. As you said, you know, that nobody plans on getting hurt. Nobody plans on getting sick. But the reality is it does happen. Yeah. And we need to be ready for it. We need to be prepared for it. And, you know, the going by a template like the Corey Springer Institute is, a, is an excellent idea. I would have loved to have had that information mm-hmm. my whole career. Yeah. You know, we got to that. We've evolved to that. And it's better. It's way better now than it used to be. Yeah. But I still think like you're doing an informal medical timeout is the perfect way to go. Just who's got the AED? Where are the splints? Who's going to, you know, are we both going out on a serious injury? And I used to always tell the visiting athletic trainer, or if I was visiting some other athletic trainer, I would tell them, if you have a serious injury, you know, I'd ask, is it okay if I come out? Mm-hmm. You know, not to be nosy, just to offer help. Yeah. What can I do to help you? I'm, I'm here. You know, if you're down supporting the C-spine, there's some other things that can go on. Yeah. And need a trained medical professional to be able to do that. Yeah. And, you know, especially in the time waiting for an ambulance. Uh, what's the longest you've ever, and I know you've experienced this, and we're not violating any HIPAA, we're not going to name any athletes' names or anything, but just throwing it out there. What is the longest you've had to wait for an ambulance while you were supporting the C-spine? Um, I would say... What felt to me like 30 minutes, but was really more uh, probably in the eight to 10 minute range. Yes. Um, Yeah. And it does feel like 30. It feels like way, way more. Yeah, it does. Went through that. Okay. I actually had one one year in a very small town uh, in Wichita Falls area. Uh, I won't name it. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I actually had one. We were going to see spine a JV athlete. Uh, he complained of uh, midline neck pain and numbness and tingling in both hands. When it's both hands, it's not a pinched nerve. It's yeah. Doing that. But he's complaining with both hands and neck pain. So we, you know, I made the decision to, we're going to board him. They didn't have an ambulance there. But it was no problem because the police officer called it in for me. Mm-hmm. He walked out. So that was good. I it talked to him pregame. So I did do a medical timeout with the police officer. And that's just because I'm social and wanted to talk to the guy. But no, seriously, I I knew kind of what we needed if we needed it, and we did. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was there. It was a hot day in August. I'm there with the kid boarded for about 25 minutes. Wow. Uh, Everything in my body hurt. His body started feeling better. Mm -hmm. Because we don't need to call him now. I can get up. (laughs) I said, no, you can't. I'm like, no, you can't. And so we made the decision to keep him there. I talked the police officer into making a second call mm-hmm. at about four minutes out. And what had happened is he had called it in. Wichita Falls thought that they had it. Another small town there thought they had it. Oh, it's man. Okay. And yeah. so once once he made the second call, they were out there pretty quick. Yeah. And amazing job. And the kid was fine. Yeah. That's the best outcome. He, For sure. You know, he'd have a nerve injury. They had to delay his football for a little while, but he was okay. Yeah. That's the best news. Yeah. Wow. But you always, always know that if you make a decision on an ambulance, mm-hmm. you undo that decision. Oh yeah, never go with it. Yeah. You just stick with, you know, stick with your gut feeling. You made the decision to call them. Go with it. Yeah. I've I've okay. never I've never uncalled. <laughs> no. Like can't. like even if even if it was a situation like you were saying, I'm I'm fine. I'm good. I'm like nope. They're coming. Nope. They're gonna get here. They're gonna look at you. We'll let them make that determination. Exactly. So, yeah, once because I'd rather they, hand it off to them. And, sure. and, and, That's safer for the athlete. That's what they do. Yeah. 
Exactly. That's their job every day. And if and if they recommend that it goes to the hospital, then by all means, yep. you make the, the same recommendation. Yep. It never hurts to get checked out. Yeah. All right. So looking at this uh, template that the, the C, uh, KSI has out, um, they have a checklist of a lot of different things on here. They have um, like a place to write down numbers for EMS, uh, hospitals, uh, even the game administrator. They have um, a section for home team and visiting team physicians, home athletic trainer, visitor athletic trainer positions, or, you know, contacts information. Um, and all that's really good, but a lot of times I think that would be, like this would be a good template if we had, uh, like if we were hosting an event, because I know a lot of times, uh, like let's say some two just teams from, you know, city A and city B came here and said, Hey, we want to use your facilities for, uh, you know, X, Y, Z event. Okay, great. This would be something good to send to them. I think, um, that way they have all that information and they know all the local resources. Um, because I know that with me, um, like, uh, especially when we were in our regular season in, in district, I, I've seen these teams before. I've played these teams before. Sometimes there's some turnover with the athletic trainers, but I'm always making phone calls ahead of time. Uh, hey, we, you know, we, we got you this week. Our JV's going over there or whatever on Thursday, or they're co- your JV's coming here. What what can we expect? Uh, I always make those phone calls like Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and so I usually have phone numbers and contacts already. Um, and, but so, so some of this stuff on here is just kind of like, yeah, it's good to have, but you know, I don't necessarily need to do all this every game, you know? Um, I agree for a neutral site. Mm -hmm. That's probably your host site. It's probably an excellent idea. I'm I'm thinking like since basketball season's rolling around two, Mm -hmm. I'm big basketball tournament and you have a lot teams at different times and maybe different athletic trainers coming with the team yeah. uh, or the coaches. It's it, I like my coaches to know kind of where things are or who I am. Yeah. You know, hey, I mean, athletic trainer on site, this is how you get a hold of me. I'm going to be between two or three or four gyms, whatever your tournament might be. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's always a good idea too. Yeah. Uh, I will also interject that university of North Texas and Denton, they use the Corey Stringer Institute medical timeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very fortunate twice. I've gotten to be the athletic trainer that does the uh, concussion assessment from the press box mm-hmm. and call down to the officials and let them know, you know, somebody needs to be evaluated or checked or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a neat opportunity, fun experience, but I got to also be involved in the medical timeout with the officials a couple of uh, coaches, the head coaches were busy doing their pregame stuff, but they sent a designated coach to listen in on their medical timeout. Yeah. Their athletic trainers really have it going pretty well. And uh, I think the actually the officials from the first game was like CBS affiliate, and then the next one was one of the ESPN affiliates. Mm-hmm. And they were actually included in the medical timeout too, so they would know if I called down to stop the game what was going on. Yeah because they're filming it and everything. And I thought it was really interesting. We went around the room and everybody explained who they were and why they were there. Yeah. And it was a great idea, but they actually used Corey's template. Yeah. And in that venue, it made sense. Yeah. Because people coming in from like one of the teams was from uh, Louisiana that uh-huh. came in. And I don't know that they had played at Denton before. And so I'm sure that it was very helpful for their athletic training staff. For sure. To know, you know, to know what facilities were available and how close the hospital was, that kind of thing. Yeah, because I think that's that's one of the most challenging things is when you go somewhere that's out of your area, comfort zone, whatever, is not knowing, you know, like where's the closest hospital? You know, is is there an urgent care center around? Uh, mm-hmm. Things like that. And I have on um, my um, athletic um, training webpage. I have a I have a webpage for Bandera High School athletic training. And I have a section, um, a, a screen or a little tab, whatever you want to call it, menu or page for visitors. And it outlines, like you can click on it and say, hey, okay, my baseball team's coming over there. And it will, if you click on it, it will tell you like 
this is what I'm going to have for you in your dugout. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some ice. I'm going to give you some water. And if you need water bottles, I'll give them to you, but bring your own. Uh, and then I also have on there local facilities and, you know, now here in Bandera, we don't have a whole lot. So unfortunately some of those local facilities are a 30 minute drive. And so, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I put that information on there. Um, and so sometimes, you know, I try to direct people that way. Say, Hey, here's, here's a, local stuff if you need it you know it's on this website you can check it out so it's all there um i don't have detailed stuff like cory stringer institute does but they have a lot of good stuff one thing that they do have um it's like a two three page document but one thing they do have is like uh responsibilities um of athletic trainer doctor medical staff like you were talking about ems provider responsibility school official law enforcement responsibilities just things that Sometimes we just overlook, don't think about, and then it stops. I think with that there, it stops kind of like, well, who's who's going to be in charge? Because I know that sometimes, not as much as it used to happen now, because I think paramedics are getting trained a little bit better with C-spine injuries. But I can remember a time or two, and you probably can too, that when I did have a situation where I had a C, suspected C-spine, and I'm stabilizing that head mobilizing that head a paramedic was at the, you know back a while back now we're talking 90s 80s right that mm-hmm. they would come and literally just get out of the way right yep. because we were looked at as not being trained to handle that and they were the trained professionals but now paramedics are getting trained a lot more in that and a lot more paramedics are actually agreeing that no, 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 this, that's your, you're more expert at that than I am. And, um, especially when it comes to like football equipment, cause I know that on Friday night when I was talking with the athletic trainers and the, and the EMS personnel, I told them, I said, Hey, you know, helmet on helmet off. They're like, whatever you guys want to do. And I was like, well, I'm a helmet off guy and shoulder pads off. And, uh, and I said, and, um, I said, because here's the deal. I said, I like to take that off ahead of time because a lot of times when they get to the ER those people don't know how to take that stuff off they are baffled yeah and it's completely out of their element and they don't do in my opinion i've seen it unfortunately yeah i think that they're prepared to do a bang up job or a an excellent job of stabilizing the ceasefire when they're trying to remove equipment mm-hmm familiar with if you practice it yep it's not that hard to remove no. equipment no it's not and that's very important that that is a preseason and maybe even sometime during the season on one of those open weeks or something that you do rehearse that mm-hmm. practice that have have your student trainers my student trainers all knew how we were taking the shoulder pads off mm-hmm. because you know let's say an injury that you can kind of handle a suspected uh, clavicle fracture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe not an ambulance ride. Maybe parents can take that if it feels pretty stable. Athletes doing okay. But shoulder pads need to come off. Yeah. There's a way to do it that's very comfortable for the athlete. Mm-hmm. There's ways to do it that's not. Yeah. So let, yeah. Let, let's put it the correct way. Yeah, exactly. I know one of the, one of the things that I'm uh, proud of in my career is uh, when I was in Frisco, um, I kind of uh, got to help spearhead uh, a, a coordination between the Frisco EMS and Frisco athletic trainers where we um, got together and had um, probably about a four or five hour session one day during, during a professional development day. And we had some of the, the, the captains and the chiefs from uh, EMS and all the athletic trainers were there. And we just had also some regular paramedics there. Uh, and we sat for those four or five hours and determined, okay, what's going to be the best way to take the helmet off? What's going to be the best way to take the shoulder pads off? And we, we rehearsed it. We practiced it. And when we were all satisfied with it, we filmed it and, um, and, um, it was really good because then Frisco EMS used that video that we made as a training device for the rest of their department. And 
And then word got out that we did that, and some of the other local surrounding uh, EMS um, uh, districts, uh, I think uh, like Salina, Pilot Point, even I think um, Prosper, they kind of started picking up on that and asking for the training video so they could rehearse that also. And uh, there was actually a couple of times that I got to give a talk to uh, the Frisco EMS and I did two sessions and like pretty much had all the paramedics in there and we watched the video we talked about it I answered questions I showed them equipment I showed them helmet removal tools and then we and then they got to practice it themselves we had equipment there it was it was great and it, it was kind of like one of the things that just makes me proud of, of something that I did or helped do rather I didn't do it myself I had help but just that we got to do that and put people on the same page and bring awareness of how to that, properly take off the helmet and shoulder pads with that, with minimal movement. That's, that's awesome. And, and again, it, it's, it's just a matter of, of stepping out and doing it. We're, mm. you know, we're a rural County up, uh, up here. It's getting bigger. You know, people are kind of moving in, but we're still fairly rural. We're a 4A school, just like Bandera, uh, we didn't make the playoffs this year, but we'll work on that. Yeah. But and congratulations to the Bulldogs. Thank very, you. very proud of you guys. Thank you. Uh, I would reach out to our EMS director for Wise County EMS and other athletic trainers that were in the area. And we started doing that. Uh, went to a group that I, it's actually a place that I went to work at after I retired. And I've done some volunteer work with them before but they would do similar to what you did. And even out here, you know, rural America, we got the EMS together and the athletic trainers that were responsible for covering some of these schools or a couple of us were assigned to the schools or had jobs at the schools and kind of did the same thing. We went over equipment removal and mm -hmm. light policies, heat policies, you know, all of the, all of the things that needed to be covered so that there was a, a good standard of care. And then yeah. I made the, suggestion that all of the athletic trainers and they probably didn't like it because it made a little bit of extra work for them yeah but i didn't care it was better for the athletes i thought yeah but i wanted the ems director to have all of the schedules especially for football uh sometimes i would send him other ones just to keep him aware of what was going on if we had a big event but football i would send the schedules of every football team that would be playing at our stadium that I knew of like regular season. Mm -hmm. And so he knew he had times and dates and they did, they didn't charge us. It's, it's rule. And that's just part of what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, still on call for, you know, other things in the County, but they would usually, if they got schedules would have an ambulance available for me. Yeah. Mostly varsity games. Every once in a while they'd show up for a JV game, sometimes for a middle school game. Yeah. Just to watch. And of course, small County, some of those guys are related to some of the, Oh yeah, coaches, it's playing, so they're coming to watch. Oh yeah, so with them they get to they're at work and they're getting to watch their you know cousin play or whatever. Yeah, so, but it was actually a good thing that we got everybody on the same page. Yeah, and the uh, the standard of care. I'll talk up our EMS out here. Uh, those guys are excellent. They yeah. do a very very good job of coordinating, and they have respect for other healthcare professionals and uh, the transition from the athletic trainer to the EMS into the hospital because I followed it all the way. I've gone in with my athletes that had to go by ambulance before and the transfer of care there was top notch. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to them up. And I think some of that at least is attributed to the fact that they are willing to have a medical timeout and rehearse skills that are needed. Yeah. And uh, another point I'll bring out, you know, I'm kind of a, I'm retired now. I'm a veteran. I put a lot of years into this. Uh, it's never too late or it, it's never to the point where you quit learning mm -hmm. and quit practicing and keep your skills up. Oh, yeah. It is a lifelong, you know, you need to be learning your whole career. Definitely. Our, our athletes deserve that. Yes, definitely. I agree. All right. Well, we are nearing the end of our time. Um, Billy, I, I really appreciate you doing this with me today. I think it was a great, um, great little session on on the medical timeout, its place in sports. I know we didn't cover the everything on the Corey Stringer Institute template, but we covered enough. I think that 
more people are aware of what it is, what it entails, what needs to be done. And I think, I hope that if you're an athletic trainer out there listening to this, that if you're not incorporating some of this in your practice now that you start, right? Because it's important. Uh, always expect the unexpected. Uh, and part of that is going over stuff like this. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with everything there. And thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Yeah, sure. Stay with always, me. Always okay. Glad to, yes, sir. Yeah, stay stay with me. Um, okay. We're going to be back uh, in a little bit. So, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more. So stay with us and we'll be right back after this. Hey Bulldog fans, this is Eli. We are in the middle of the fall sports season and we want you. Football season is winding down and playoffs are right around the corner and basketball season is cranking up for an exciting season. Come out and support the Bulldogs on the field and on the court. Go to the Bandera Athletics website for schedules, tickets, and more information and find an event to come out and cheer. Let's make it a great sports year for the blue and white. Let's go Bulldogs! Alright, so... Next week, um, well, first, let me just say this again. Billy, thank you again so much uh, for joining me. I know that we had to make some sk- uh, shuffling around. Me and you both had some things going on in our personal lives, right, that were taking up a little bit of our time, but we got it done. Uh, yep. And I, I, it was a really good talk. I, I really enjoyed this one with you. This was a really good one. Um, and uh, so next week, uh, I will be back with uh, more info and news from – and my feature guest is going to be Coach Carruthers. He's our head girls basketball coach. I should be able to get that one to you. Um, and uh, so uh, with that, um, thank you so much for listening to Ice Bath Baby and Billy Newsom. Uh, be sure to leave me a rating in your podcast app and be sure to follow me on social media. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. All those links will be found in the show notes, along with the voting link for Jesse Cardenas in the all San Antonio All Sports uh, football game. So make sure you go vote for him. All right, the podcast music you've heard at the beginning and currently at the end here is Trailer Sports Stylish. It's courtesy of a guy named Anton Vaslov, and my ad music featuring Jocelyn and Eli was Rockstar Trailer. That's courtesy of Light Saturation. Both of those via the Pixabay website. Uh, Pixabay is P-I-X-A-B-A-Y.com. They don't pay me for that. It's just a really cool website that I use to get music for not only my podcast, but some of my YouTube videos too. Uh, Again, they don't pay me to say that. I just really like the website. So you've been listening to Doc Martinez and... Come on, Billy. All right, Billy Newsom. <laughs> and this is the Ice Bath. I'm Mr. Q. What's that? <laughs> Mr. Q and the Ice Bath Baby podcast. So, hey, help me out with the last part of this here, Billy. Be safe I, I out there. A, I was on a medical timeout. You were on a medical time. All right, be safe out there. And when in doubt, put that in an ice bath, baby. Awesome. Ice, ice, and go Bulldogs. Let's go. Thanks, bro. Yeah, enjoyed it.